This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. At Alma, we know the connection between you and your therapist matters. But if you're already feeling stressed and burnt out, the idea of trying to find a therapist you really connect with can be overwhelming. That's why Alma's focused on helping you find the right therapist for you. When you browse their online directory, you can filter your search based on the qualities that are most important to you. Then you can book a free 15-minute consultation call with any therapist you're interested in seeing. So you can get a feel for whether they're the right fit before you commit to a full-length session. Alma also makes it easy for mental health care providers to navigate insurance. That's why 95% of therapists in their directory accept insurance for sessions. So you can find care that's affordable without stressing about the paperwork. You want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit helloalma.com therapy60 to schedule a free consultation today. That's helloalma.com therapy60. Here we go. Jake and Josh are here to analyze the game they love for the team they love. This is another Dolphins Podcast. Here's your host, Jake Mendel and Josh Houts. Thanks for tuning in to another edition of another Dolphins Podcast. Week 16 has arrived. Three games are left in the regular season, and we are about to find out. The last 14 games don't matter. Dallas Cowboys, Miami Dolphins, a lot on the line. I can't do this preview podcast alone. Joshua Houts and Cat. You can find him on Twitter at BrianCatNFL. Gentlemen, welcome to the Jimmy Timmy, Jimmy Timmy Power Hour. How are we doing? Doing good. Th- thanks for having uh, having me here. And I'm glad we could do it uh, the week after uh, a win and, you know, to replace the anger I had last week. Yeah, and no, I mean, like I said um, before we came on the podcast, I just want to thank you for always coming on here and doing these pods for everything. Um, we hope you do once uh, the draft season comes around because we're definitely hoping to rely on you. But it is just awesome to be able to come on here when both teams are, what, 10-4. and four. The Dolphins are playing meaningful football. Um, again, on December 24th, they'll be playing a meaningful football game. Um, it's just a whole different era of Dolphins football, and I'm glad to be able to come on here and uh, be able to talk with you two about it because this is an epic game. I saw someone on Twitter say, is this the most uh, important Dolphins game in the last 20-plus years? And you guys tell me it's got to be up there, right? Interesting. 
Stretch of games, sorry. Stretch of games, they said. Are these the most important stretch of games in the last 20 years? That's a whole different story. My bad. Oh, I really like that because there's a checklist here, right? Like every week, so much can happen for this team. And I was listening to a Dallas Cowboys podcast getting ready for the show. And it's pretty interesting because the, the Cowboys are looking at the Dolphins and thinking, or at least the fan base, this Dolphins team is looking at that Baltimore game. That's what's important for them. So to me, the the fact that they're not kind of realizing that, hey, the Dolphins have so much that they can accomplish each week here is pretty interesting. Cat, I'll let you take the lead on this one. Yeah, I mean, you look at the, the Cowboys game here. This, a win for the Dolphins this week gets you a playoff spot. I mean, they're probably going to have a playoff spot anyway. If they lost all three of their last games, they'd have over a 90% chance to make the playoffs. But this weekend, you win a playoff spot. The following weekend... Uh, you win the division. And then the week after that, you're number one seed in the AFC. I mean, this is right exactly where the Dolphins wanted to be here. And, uh, it, you know, beating the Jets last week and dominating them uh, went a long way to to making that happen. Yeah, and I, I, I mean, so. I feel like so- – Sorry, I was just going to say, it's crazy that, you know, Cowboys fans are sitting here thinking that we're overlooking them because, I mean, you look at what we did to them the last few times. I mean, they've won four of the last five meetings. Um, I think the last time the Dolphins played them was in 2019, and it was Josh Rosen and Preston Williams. I had to make sure I brought that up. But um, for the Dolphins, they don't realize that this is the – you know, these are the Miami Dolphins. To us, this game scares us a little bit. We want to make sure we take care of business, you know, win a playoff spot, then we lock up the AFC East, hopefully, then maybe even the AFC. But um, we're trying to hopefully take it one game at a time. And this Cowboys team, um, again, we're not overlooking them. It's awesome that other fan bases feel that we're this juggernaut that's just going to roll through them onto the Baltimore Ravens because um, we're all just sitting back here like on pins and needles, biting our fingernails. I was just going to say, I love the holidays because you have to kind of have a calendar for the schedule this weekend, right? You have the Saturday games where we're going to be keeping an eye on the likes of who is Buffalo. Buffalo's on Saturday, correct? Am I mistaken? Yeah, you got that right. And then on, on, then what was it? Sunday, you obviously have the Sunday NFL slate. And then Monday on Christmas, what? Baltimore and San Francisco, another game that means so much for the end of the season here. And to bring it back, Josh, Yes, I, th- I think this is the most important stretch for the Miami Dolphins because I still remember going over, whether it be an aunt's house, a family member's house, and trying to think on Christmas Day all these formulas about how the Dolphins can make the playoffs if Pittsburgh loses in Week 17 and if the Dolphins can beat the Jets, yada, yada, yada. Never once were we talking about a possible shot at the number one seat. I think that right there tells you everything you need to know that there is a huge opportunity here. Um, Kat, you're, you have a probably a sheet there that that's longer than Santa's list, just kind of going through all these different scenarios here. What would it look like if the Dolphins won this week and lost next week? Is there any shot of the one seed if the Ravens also lost this week, or would that go out the door? Yeah, if they if the Dolphins won actually if the and Ravens both lost this week and then the Dolphins beat the Ravens their odds of getting the, the number one seed. I've got it on my other, somewhere in my other pile over the there, but 35 to 40%. So yeah, it would be, I mean, definitely not the end of the world here if the Dolphins were to lose to the Cowboys. But, um, you know, when, when you look at this, look, it's been a long time since the Dolphins have definitively beaten a quality opponent. It's been September of last year. That's not to say they can't do it. 
It's not to say that they're not uh, one of the best teams in the league, but this is something that would quiet all of that talk if the Dolphins won 11 and four, clinched a playoff spot, and were one victory away from being in the driver's seat for the AFC. And also, before we start to dive into this game, just to kind of keep track of what's happening around the league, Buffalo is facing the Chargers. And guys, we heard Keenan Allen will not be playing for the Chargers. Uh, but the Buffalo Bills themselves are dealing with a couple injuries. Jordan Phillips, former Miami Dolphin, was just placed on injured reserve. I think Micah Hyde is questionable for the game. So I'd like to get your guys' thought. Is there any chance we could get a little early Christmas present here from the Chargers? Because late in the season, I know that they are dealing with a boatload of injuries. You don't have your star quarterback. But, I mean, this is also a Buffalo team that's lost to Mac Jones, that's lost to Zach Wilson. And I think they – the Bills are also still the scariest team. I'll say that. I don't think we can just give them a pass where they could have a week where, oh, we had a couple of those silly mistakes, shot ourselves in the foot, because they've done that a few times now. Nerds. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Ready to expand your financial game? NerdWallet can coach you on smart strategies like choosing investments, finding your next credit card, and setting a budget that works for you. Score major points towards your summer vacation by learning expert tips for choosing a high-yield savings account and how to build wealth by investing in index funds. Slide into summer with smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast i mean i i can't see it happening right i mean east east is stick going out there and beating the buffalo bills with everything they have been playing for i mean i think tyler dunn kind of dropped a nuke um, I was kind of really excited when he dropped that and, you know, just, you know, was trying to rip, I guess, the Buffalo Bills apart from the inside out. But I think it kind of motivated him a little bit. So, um, yeah, I can't see them ending up the Chargers pulling off an upset, but it's the NFL, right, Jake? I mean, we lost to, um, uh, you know, we, we lost a few weeks ago in a game where we thought we'd win and teams do it every week. So I can't see it happening, but never say never. That'd be the perfect Christmas present, though, heading into the weekend be so antsy for that night seeing if the bills could somehow lose that game because you know if the bills were to somehow lose to the chargers the dolphins might find a way to dolphin it up and then lose themselves as well well east at stick is you know 
PFF put it best on their podcast. He's he is the light version of Justin Herbert in every single way. Uh, you know, he's six four, two twenty plus. Um, you know, physically a talented quarterback, but uh, you know, basically does everything a little bit worse than what Justin Herbert does. Um, so, a breakout performance by him is the is the only shot. But then again, uh, you know, even though the Bills right now are looking like one of the top three, four best teams in the NFL, maybe they fall back into that old um, funk again, like they had earlier in the year, where they, you know. The Giants almost beat them uh, at at in Buffalo, or you know when uh, when Denver beat them twenty two to twenty one in prime time. So hopefully something like that happens again. But uh, other other than that, nah, I think the Bills are are pretty hot, and they're going to be a problem here for the rest of the year. Oh, the Jaws music is definitely there. I'm just praying that somehow the Chargers can get like that Antonio Pierce like interim head coach type bump, uh, just to maybe put a little breath into um, a very depressing season for them. The Baltimore game, should we really be worried about that too too much? Do you guys think San Francisco? Obviously, I think they're in terms of DVOA, the the best team in or the third best team in the last 30 years. I mean, what they're doing is just absolutely bananas. Um, is that a game we should be watching tightly come uh come Monday? Yeah, I'd say yeah, definitely. I mean, five and a half point favorites, uh the 49ers are, and to me, they're the best team in the NFL right now, hands down. I mean it's it's hard to stop them anywhere. I mean, you've you've got Nick Bosa and, and Chase Young on the edge. You've got Fred Warner at linebacker. You've got Chardavius Ward at cornerback. And on the offensive side of the ball, Brock Purdy's probably going to win MVP, throwing the ball to McCaffrey, Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel. Yeah, I, I fully expect the 49ers to win that game. And it's important that they win that game too because the Dolphins would certainly have to run the table um, – to get to have any shot of, of getting the one seed if they don't. Yeah. Mike McDaniel's got to be calling up Kyle Shanahan and trying to, you know, you know, maybe send him a Christmas present or an edible arrangement or something to get them out there and make sure they take care of business. But I uh, saw that it was a primetime game and I just got excited because um, I know we're battling the Baltimore Ravens. I know every time we seem to make the playoffs over these last, uh, what, 20, 30 years, they seem to be the team that bounces us out of it, but that's a fun team to watch. So that's a battle that, um, you know, maybe we could potentially see down the line, but hopefully San Francisco takes care of business. Dolphins take care of business. And then we're sitting here, um, you know, maybe next week talking about potentially going after the AFC East or uh, in the number one spot as well in the AFC. And that's just, uh, again, can't believe we're in that situation right now in this part of the season. Definitely don't want to put the cart before the horse here, but just one final note, the uh, NFL did announce that they will not be moving um, next Sunday's game between Baltimore and Miami, it will remain a one o'clock game. And that also means it'll be a short week for Baltimore. So that's a nice little bonus there too. Um, as you're trying to look for any edge late in the season, especially, especially against a team in your own conference. Let's get into it. Gentlemen, the Miami dolphins were without a handful of offensive linemen last week. They were without Terry kill last week, but all signs point to Hill's return offensive lineman it's still a little questionable it looks like robert hunt will be out it looks like austin jackson's really iffy it's a crazy scenario when thron armstead is your healthiest starting offensive lineman so gentlemen how are we feeling about this miami dolphins offense that it might be hard to believe but they i, I swear i promise they are getting slightly healthier uh, they are and you know austin jackson and robert hunt uh, did not practice at the time we're recording this here but you know 
Robert Hunt is is somebody who's been week to week for a while now with that hammy injury, and it's it's unlike other injuries because it's it's not like a pain tolerance thing with Robert Hunt and the and the hamstring. If the hammy is given out on you, if you ever ever had a hamstring injury, if that's given out on you, you can't lift your leg, you can't drive, you can't do anything. So, if if I were a betting man, I I would say that he's out at least another week. You know, Austin Jackson. If he doesn't play this week, I don't see a real big drop-off pass protection-wise from he to Kendall Lamb. You could even possibly make the argument that just purely in pass protection, Kendall Lamb is as good or better than Austin Jackson right now. Not by much, but uh, and that's a huge matchup because whoever the right tackle is is going to go up against Micah Parsons, and he is the best in the NFL at abusing right tackles. You know, just last week. the Cowboys game, you know, Josh Allen only drops back 21 times, but Micah Parsons didn't have a sack, but he had seven pressures and 21 dropbacks. So he's somebody that you can expect. He, he is one of the few players in the NFL as a pass rusher. You can expect uh, that, that he's going to be in your face. Now the the positive side of that is when you take a look at who the Dolphins have played this year, um, you know, who have had dominant pass rushers, you know, Max Crosby, we didn't hear much in the Raiders game from him. Uh, Matt Judon, you know, he had one sack in the Patriots game early in the year, but other than that, nothing. So the Dolphins have done a really good job of neutralizing teams who have just one dominant pass rusher. Yeah, I agree with you. Again, Josh, do you think is it? Do you think when you have these injuries, is it all about? Is it a Durham Smythe game you feeling? I mean, I feel like it. I mean, like he said, I mean, Micah Parsons is without question the best defensive player in football, right? I mean, so you have to figure out a way to stop him. Um, You mentioned not that crazy of a drop-off, I guess, between Austin Jackson and uh, Kendall Lamb, but I think either of those guys would have a hell of a time going against Micah Parsons. So you're absolutely right, man. They did a very good job earlier in the year against some of the more elite pass rushers, but this matchup to me is an absolute, uh, you know, completely different monster than what they've seen. So, yeah, if you got to use Durham Smythe, I'm all for that. You guys were talking about the offensive line. Uh, Barry Jackson said um, the only starter that might be available again is uh, Teron Armstead. So that would mean it would be um, right next to him would be what Lester Cotton, Liam Eikenberg at center, Robert Jones and Kendall Lamb. So that's looking like our starting lineup against, again, a very um, solid pass rush that the Dolphins might have some issues with. So that's definitely a matchup I'm intrigued by. I'm kind of upset Austin Jackson is not going to be in this one because I was interested to see a way matched up against, again, an elite pass rusher, if not the most elite. So what's Mike McDaniel's process this week? I mean, James Cook last week went absolutely ballistic, uh, 179 yards. That's 7.2 yards per carry against the Dallas Cowboys. Um, this is a Dallas Cowboys team that is 0-3 on the road against teams that are above 500. How does it feel, Dallas Cowboys fans? How does it feel? And then you have a Dolphins team, though. We know how good they are at running the football. So you instantly go, okay, the Dolphins are going to run the football. And then you get into this weird Prince's Bride loop because you think, no, the Cowboys think the Dolphins are going to run the football and they have Tyree kill back. So instead they're going to run the foot or they're going to pass the football. See, I'm already lost in the loop. Cat help me out here. What is Mike McDaniel doing? What is he thinking as we get closer to Sunday? Keep running the ball. I mean, look, keep running the ball and go off that because when you do that, you take pressure off of the offensive line that Josh was talking about. I mean, they're look, they've got a lot of injuries but if you keep running the ball downhill and then work off play action, that's been the Dolphins' golden ticket. 
And it's not only that, but it's also helped them minimize mistakes in the last game too. And when you look at the Cowboys defensively, you know, they hadn't allowed a hundred yard rusher all year. And then James Cook absolutely goes off on them. 25 carries, 179 yards. You know, the Cowboys couldn't do anything uh, in run defense. And, you know, if you if the Dolphins can stress that run defense again, just like the Bills did, where they're paying attention to the pass, that's going to be huge for them because, I mean, look, they, they don't have Leighton Van Der Esch, a linebacker. He's out for the year. He's been out since the beginning of the year. They drafted Mozzie Smith in the first round. He really hasn't been a factor. Had, a, had their lone sack in the last game, but really hasn't been that factor against the run. So, you know, and a linebacker, they, the last time I checked, have – three active off-ball linebackers even on their roster. So if the Dolphins can continue to plug away and and run the ball downhill against them and then work off play action, I think that's the best way to go as opposed to, you know, having to a drop back 40 times. Yeah, I mean, that's exactly how it attack them, right? Come out and run the football, run it down their throat, continue to, like you mentioned, you know, give that offensive line not only confidence, but – make uh, the Dallas Cowboys defense stay honest. You had said 179 yards for James Cook. It was 266 total yards. I don't know if Jake Price said that um, most had two touchdowns last week. We know he broke the record. I think HN practice today, so he'll be back out there. Um, Dolphins driving to 5.1 yards per carry. That's first in the league and 139.6 yards per game on the ground. So um, I'm with you guys. I think we need to run the football, but doesn't that make you a little bit uh, squirmish and think that maybe Mike McDaniel, like Jake said, might, you know, big brain a little bit, maybe come out here and try to, you know, okay, Tyreek's healthy. Let's give him some bubble screens early in this game. Let's get that passing game going because um, why else? But yeah, I think we run the football and that'll be the the right way to start against, again, a good Cowboys defense. I'll tell you what I loved uh, last week is uh, the Dolphins, they get to the three-yard line. They run the ball with Mostert. He gets stopped. They run it again with Mostert. He gets stopped. And I think, oh, there's no way they're not going to pass the ball in this. They run it again. He gets in the end zone. Like, stay with it um, on the ground. And I, like you said, Josh, I think that's what they're going to do. And you heard of McDaniel during hard knocks. I think he even was saying to himself, and I'm going to run it again here and different things like that. No, I'm just curious because I think it was the Seattle game. It was like the third play of the game where Dallas, I think Dan Quinn is an absolutely outstanding defensive coordinator. And I think this is a team that's going to enter knowing that, hey, we struggle against the run. Jonathan Hankins is another player in the middle of that defense who I do not think is going to be there, a defensive tackle. Um so I'm curious because there was, it was like the third play of the game, DK Metcalf went 70 yards to the house against the Cowboys to begin the game, where I do think, McDaniel, if we go back to these one-play drives that he likes to predict all of a sudden, I do think early in this game there is going to be that opportunity to smoke the Dallas Cowboys early, get that one big haymaker. And I think what makes the Cowboys so successful is because they have an outstanding offense and then they have a pass rush that can feed against feed off of that. So as the Cowboys start putting up points, opposing offenses aren't going to run the football because they have to keep up. If you can come out and punch them early, maybe with that one big playmaker, like a, hey, welcome back, Tyree Kill, that type of situation. I'm curious to see if you could put the Cowboys in the box, but also at the same time, I'm very well aware that that one play that could be that one play drive could be a pick six going the other direction. Yeah, they lost uh, Trayvon Diggs for the year early in the season, and he's somebody that I, you know, he made the Pro Bowl last year unbelievable amount of interceptions in his career and but he's also somebody that 
despite the amount of interceptions he's had, is also someone, too, that's given up an unbelievable amount of yardage. So he goes down for the year. They put Duran Bland in, and he's the exact same player, where he's got seven interceptions and set the league record for five pick sixes, you know, five weeks before the season ends. But he's kind of the same player, where he's very feast or famine. So that's going to be a fascinating matchup with Stephon Gilmore and Duran Bland going up against Jalen Waddell and a Tyree kill where who's going to, who's going to be who are out, out of those in, in those matchups, who's going to make the most plays. I, I'm just laughing. Cause um, was it, what was his name? Was it Sammy Parker, Jake, that I was telling you about? We were uh, talking about how Shannon Sharp was sitting there ragging on two time below. And they asked him like name, any guy that he was throwing to him. What was it? 2020. And he said, Sammy Parker, something like that. I remember <laughs> days of Sammy Parker, AKA Devon. Absolutely putting Stefan Gilmore in a, a oh, blender. Yeah. But so it's absolutely an interesting matchup. Um, you mentioned Darren Bland. I mean, and Jake, you pick six. I mean, is that not just our biggest fear and just something that you almost, I mean, we all love to a time below, but we've almost come to expect one of those, uh, you know, a ball right into a linebacker or cornerback's chest at least once, once every three games. So um, I could see Darren Bland maybe getting his, uh, what you said he had five, this would be a six then, but yeah. I don't, I, I don't want to speak that into existence. He's going to get carved up. Tyree Kale's going to put did. him in a blender and Stefan Gilmore's going to put him in a blender. No, I'm changing my, I'm changing what I'm saying. I'm just... I think this could be a big game for eight chan. Uh, there's something to the point of playing against a team in the opposite conference. And there's something on top of that of playing them on the road. Uh, if you, kind of power rank every game in a 17 game schedule these are the games the lowest that'd be on the bottom of the list right when you're thinking about who you can lose against so i'm wondering if they could find a scenario early on where you put hn out on the field and this could be a game for him where the cowboys aren't used to maybe seeing that much speed at once where you can kind of catch them off guard with a couple big plays there especially with that wide zone scheme yeah you're right and every opponent that the Dolphins face is not used to seeing four guys on the field at the same time with the speed of Tyree Kill, Jalen Waddell, Devon Ache, and Raheem Mostert. And that is, you know, they Dolphins have two significant advantages on both sides of the ball here as we go as we go into these three games. You're not going to see the speed that the that the Dolphins bring on offense. And then defensively, you're not going to see uh a a defense of defensive back group as talented as the Miami Dolphins when they are healthy. And it looks like they're going to get Xavier Howard, Javon Holland, and Deshaun Elliott back in this game. Let's take one quick little break here. On the other side, we'll dive into the Dallas offense versus the Miami Dolphins defense. So stay tuned. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. After watching Goose Eggs by the New York Jets offense against the Miami Dolphins defense. I'm so interested what Vic Fangio has in store. I think one of the most interesting developments of last Sunday's game against the Jets, we had Jalen Ramsey traveling with Garrett Wilson for most of the game, and it paid dividends. We didn't hear his name once, maybe once a seven-yard completion here or there. But gentlemen, 
Xavier Howard looks like he's going to be good to go. It looks like the entire secondary, uh, Deshaun Elliott's close to coming out of concussion protocol. He is practicing without the red pinion. Javon Holland's out there. Is this another scenario, even though you're at full strength, CD Lamb, Jalen Ramsey, is that going to decide this matchup? Yes, I think that's the most important matchup in this game here. And it was a great development to see um, the Dolphins doing that last game. And because, you know, in previous weeks, yeah, Jalen Ramsey wasn't traveling with the best receiver, but they were, hey, overall, if you take out the last three minutes of the Titans game, since Ramsey's come back, they've been phenomenal on defense. So if it's, you know, they can also, if it's not broke, don't fix it. But it was clear last week the the, the Jets had, one weapon, and that was Garrett Wilson. Their number two, their second best receiver was Tyler Conklin, a 500 yard tight end. Now you take a look at this week, you know, Jalen Ramsey can play in the slot, he can play outside, and CD Lamb is going to test all both of those areas. He can play in the slot, he can play outside. So it's going to be a phenomenal matchup here. And the Dolphins would be crazy not to do that again. CD Lamb has almost 1,400 yards on the year. And their second receiver, kind of like with the Jets last week, is Jake Ferguson at 614 yards. So, yeah, if if they can, if Jalen Ramsey can get the better of CeeDee Lamb and then you leave the rest of the Cowboys receivers trying to beat the Xavier Howards and the Javon Hollins, that's a major matchup problem for the Cowboys. Yeah, I mean, I would love to see that. That's exactly what we wanted to see, right? I mean, even when we originally signed Jalen Ramsey, we thought maybe at the beginning of the year we'd see more of that, him shadowing um, their number one receiver. I like how you mentioned he plays in the slot in the outside because I looked it up, and Pro Football Focus says he played actually more in the slot this season, 326 snaps opposed to 233 on the outside. So um, I guess my original thought was maybe the Dolphins – yeah, I'm trying to get better, but um, we know Xavier Howard. That was kind of the reason, at least it sounded like from Vic Fangio and Jalen Ramsey as to why he shadowed Garrett Wilson. But honestly, I'm not buying that. I think even today, uh, Vic Fangio mentioned about how that too, that matchup will be something that'd be worth watching sitting at home on the couch, you know, eating popcorn, um, CD Lambert, Jalen Ramsey, if that is what happens. So um, that's how I would approach this. I could also see them going back to their old ways and maybe letting Xavier Howard stay on one side, but um, you got Jalen Ramsey. You got Xavier Howard. He'll be going against. Um, you mentioned Jake Ferguson being one of their targets. They also have Brandon Cooks, who it seems like he's been around forever, right? I mean, this dude's been traded all these different teams. Somehow, you know, in fantasy value anyway, has been a pretty solid guy. 41 catches this year, 544 yards and five touchdowns. So, like uh, Kat said, you got Jalen Ramsey versus CeeDee Lamb. Xavier Howard maybe against Cooks. I mean, you got to like your matchup there, um, especially with, you know, their offensive line being banged up. I had to run away from the kids, but um, one of the matchups I was really stoked about was Tyron Smith, and we're not going to see him um, and Bradley Chubb this week, or we could, I guess, but he did show up on the injury report today. Yeah, he's been dealing with a back injury. Both him and Zach Martin, I think, are questionable for the game, and I think even Tyron Smith, it's starting to lean likely that he will not play. Uh, Before we kind of get into the trenches, though, Kat, I'm just curious because, you know, Vic Fangio, I mean, we don't have to say this. This is a football genius. He knows more football than I'll ever know. Um, What can Miami Dolphins defense do if they do keep Ramsey on one side and Howard on the other? If they were to kind of shadow him with someone like Ramsey, how would that change how the Dolphins focus with their defense? Maybe does it mess up how the zones are operating or anything like that where they, if they see Ramsey being shadow or excuse me, shadow and CeeDee Lamb, can you form some sort of mismatch elsewhere on the field where maybe you got Cooks open deep or any other dominoes falling like that? Yeah, I mean, other than 
C.D. Lamb. I hope these words don't come back to hurt me, but there's there, there's not a lot else on the Cowboys offense that scares me all that much. I mean, Tony Pollard is a good running back, a good two-way back, you know, averaging 4.1 yards a carry this year, perfectly fine, has over 1,100 total yards, but he's not breaking off the big runs like he has in previous years. And Brandon Cooks, believe it or not, is in his 10th NFL season, and he's his best days are a little bit behind him and Michael Gallup's always been a possession receiver. So, you know, if the dolphins are able to create pressure on Dak Prescott, um, that's the key to everything in this game. And it's massive that Zach Martin and Tyron Smith did not practice today. And if they don't play in this game, that completely takes, takes these matchups and turns them on their head. I mean, Tyron Smith and Zach Martin, if they never played a down of football again, they'd be in the hall of fame. I mean, and they're still two of the best players at their position. So if you substitute them out, major problems for the Cowboys, especially in Miami going up against this Dolphins pass rush. Yeah, I mean, it's huge. And I mean, if you're a Cowboys fan, you're probably sitting there feeling a little bit sorry for yourself. Okay, if those guys can't go. But again, we just listed off that we might be without our four starting offensive linemen. Um, you mentioned getting pressure. I believe the Buffalo Bills sacked him. Uh, Dak Prescott three times last week, only held him to 134 yards and in interception. Um, I think, the like you said, the pressuring him, getting to him is going to be key. Um, Dolphins had six sacks last week, 48 this season. So, um, yeah, I mean, you lock down CeeDee Lamb, you pressure Dak Prescott, you force him to make mistakes, and um, just hope that uh, comment from Cat, I think you said Tony Pollard, you know, he hasn't been himself, and he hasn't. I mean, people were so high on him in fantasy, but um, you could just see the Dolphins and letting this be his uh, legacy game or some crazy shit like that. Miami ranks second in sacks, their first in quarterback hits. That's all Jalen Phillips being out of the lineup. So how are the Dolphins really developing this pressure, Cat? I, I don't I, I don't like to word it this way, but it Andrew Van Ginkle isn't going to keep people up at night. When he has the blood running down his face from a broken nose, Maybe, but when you're looking at this defense, it's it's Bradley Chubb, it's Sack Sealer, and it's Christian Wilkins, aka Salt and Pepper. What makes this pass rush with those guys two in the middle, especially, so unique? Yeah, I, you know, I don't get all into the hard knock stuff, but Salt and Pepper kind of tucked at my heartstrings there a lot. I mean, you're talking about two guys who, uh, look, if if you take the top five interior defensive linemen in the NFL uh, as far as sacks, you've got. Um, you've got Zach Sealer and Christian Wilkins in the top four uh, with eight sacks and seven and a half. I mean, and I don't think they, I don't think either one had a sack in the first two or three games. So they've created a lot of pressure here and not only are they able to push the pocket, but they also really allow the dolphins, um, you know, and, and at linebacker and defensive back to drop a little bit more because they're creating that pressure. And if you want to run the ball against the dolphins unexpectedly, they're able to hold the ground, their ground as well. So that'll be a fascinating matchup inside with, uh, with, with the Cowboys. If Zach Martin doesn't play, you should see TJ Bass an undrafted free agent out of Oregon who, who did okay last week, but he's no Zach Martin. And then at left guard, you've got Tyler Smith, who was their first round pick a couple of years ago. He's been fantastic for them, but um, it, it really, I can't emphasize enough. Tyron Smith and Zach Martin, them being out takes the Cowboys offensive line from an A down to a C. And that makes a major difference in this game. 
Yeah, I think even last week, though, um, you know, Jake asked, you know, how they're getting some of that pressure. I think we saw Vic Fangio maybe blitzing a little bit more and sending the pressure. So um, I would just keep the the pedal to the metal. You mentioned the Dolphins being able to stop the run. Um, I've written down their fourth in uh, rush yards per game, and they've allowed 81.3 yards over the last three games. So that pat, uh, run defense has gotten very good. I mean, I, I like the way the Dolphins match up with this. I guess the only thing that's keeping me um, – I guess a little bit hesitant to sit here and get real cocky is just um, that that's so Dolphins in the back of my head. So I love the way this game matches up, and I'm, I'm hoping to see the Dolphins pass rush absolutely feast against Dak Prescott. The one matchup we haven't mentioned yet, and um, Tony Pollard, Rico Dow versus Miami Dolphins linebacking group. I like Miami's chances when they're going to try to run the football, but how do we feel about them defending uh, those dump off passes, especially when this is a defense that wants to get its hair going on fire, maybe being a little too um, aggressive here and Pollard makes it pay or something like that. Tony Pollard has 51 catches this year and doesn't even have 300 yards receiving 51 catches, 290 (laughs) yards. I ain't scared. Sounds like he breaks tackles. That's That's some Mike is tackle breaking. I, I think we're about a couple weeks away from Jerome Baker, but you got to be real happy that what, what Duke Riley's been able to do, what David Long is doing against the run overall. What a very, very impressive group this Miami Dolphins uh, defense in general is turning into. It's absolutely awesome how it can go on to pro football focus. And you see the Miami Dolphins, they're the second ranked offense and the second ranked defense. Those are things you really, really shouldn't overlook. It's been an absolutely um, awesome way to see this defense really develop and start well, hold on there jake uh, my, my time's a little bit limited so let me uh, straight up would you take duke riley over jerome baker is the salary think, in there I think I, adding, I, is it the not salary sa- not including because okay. sa- if salary's in there jerome yeah, baker yeah, gets yeah. cut and you resign yeah. duke riley for a few million i still I, have to sleep on it probably that's yeah, that's I, probably I, an I issue do too because i i thought baker was having probably his best overall season but then he goes down, and I feel like Duke Riley's played better. But then again, you've got weaker opponents in there. I don't know. I just uh, it's it's something to look out for in the last couple of games. That's kind of what you want, though, right? If you're paying so much for for Bradley Chubb, you're paying so much for Jalen Ramsey. You want to see these guys kind of come at Kate Kohu, the perfect example of like you see these guys. This is that maybe had them being backups before, different things like that. Before we get out of here, though, Kat, I got to ask, how confident are you entering this weekend? What's that final score prediction? It's got it. You got to be feeling better after last week. Oh, definitely. And, you know, I I go back to the Chiefs game um, back. Gosh, what day was that? Was that uh, October 1st? No, no, November 1st. And that was the game that I had circled and that if the Dolphins don't win that game, you're not going to have another opportunity to beat a good team until you play the Dallas Cowboys on New Year's Eve. And they didn't win that game. And now I I still am hoping that the Dolphins have that salty taste in their mouth, that they're still being talked about as a team that has not been, been able to eat to beat a quality opponent this year because they haven't, but they also haven't had the opportunity to. So I look at the matchups. I really like what the Dolphins are able to bring here. Um, from a pass rushing perspective, I like that Jalen Ramsey showed the ability to go up against uh, uh, really erase the opponent's leading receiver like like he did last week with Jalen with uh, Garrett Wilson. 
So I, I see this being a Dolphins victory here. I'm going to go, I'm going to go 27, 20 Dolphins. Good luck. I just, that I up, just said, damn. Let's hear it. Yeah. Well, yeah. I don't know if I'm gonna be able to, I mean, I, I I'm with you. I don't know that my confidence is very high because again, I just always have that lingering thing in my back of my head that uh, prevents me from truly believing, but this is a huge matchup. I want the dolphins to go out there and prove to us that this isn't the same team. I want to, Tungavaloa to shut up all the haters, even if he says he isn't listening to them and to prove that he's, you know, that guy that can go out there and beat, um, a, a winning football team, right? I mean, I think the Cowboys haven't beat a team with a winning record on the road. The Dolphins have not beat one all year. So something has to give. Um, obviously, I'm a Dolphins homer. I think the Dolphins match up well, like Kat said. And I think they're going to win this one. He said 27-20. I've written down 27-17. So I feel like I'm piggybacking that a little bit. But I actually wrote an answer down. So 27-17 Dolphins. We win this one. Um, we get a playoff spot. And we can all at least breathe a little bit easier as we uh, look forward to that Baltimore Ravens matchup that, like Jake said, is not going to be on primetime. Enjoy Christmas a little bit more, right? Right, Sit back a little bit, breathe a little bit better. Let, let's go 30-16. I think the Dolphins win this game in the red zone. The difference between McDaniel and McCarthy is just that ability to um, hit those home run plays. And for McDaniel, that's about running the football. Guys, this was a blast. Thank you so much, Josh. I'm throwing my phone. That's how happy I am. Thank you so much, Kat. Thank you all so much for listening to another Dolphins podcast Tuesday morning. We are thinking Tuesday morning for a recap pod for, for hopefully another Dolphins victory. But go enjoy the holiday. Most importantly, and so-